Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe, but I want to start the show off. I have a great idea and a confession to make. So I think uh-huh. I'll do it in that order if you want, if that's okay. Okay. So the idea is I have been watching now. Let me just start this off by obviously stating a cab, uh, but I have been watching live PD because they are in your town. You know, the cops are in Wilkes-Barre. And are, isn't it on Peacock now? Uh, it might be, but I watch it on like reels. It's like okay. direct TV channel, like 4,000. Oh, okay. Cause yeah, yeah. Cause okay. Just side note. Reels is on Peacock now, but uh, we don't talk about it. Cause we can't talk about everything that happens in the world uh mlw was bragging that they got a tv deal with reels okay but part of the tv deal with reels and part of reels deal reels deal (laughs) with peacock especially since it's a competing professional wrestling network especially since mlw is trying to sue wwe currently through peacock reels won't show mlw that's a shame. But I watch Live PD just, number one, to make sure that I know what areas of Wilkes-Barre not to go to. Uh, most. <laughs> most of them, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's kind of entertaining. I'm like, oh, I know that neighborhood. And then, But my idea is I think, I mean, I would do it, but I have priors. So I think you should get pulled over and, you know, like wear an at odd shirt. And as the cops are questioning you, plug the Patreon. Or plug the podcast, at least. Oh, why did you blow that stop sign? Well, I'm rushing home to go record my award-winning podcast, (laughs) At Odds with Wrestling, with Adam Van. (laughs) Exactly. Like, there's got to be, like, I don't know what their reach is, but, I mean, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people watch it. And, like, even if 1% of the people who see that are like, oh, let me go check out this podcast that this guy was willing to get arrested for. And, obviously, you do have to get arrested because if they just give you a ticket, there's not going to be a lot of interaction. But okay. you, need to, you need to be on screen constantly. And I think it's a good investment. This is not a good idea, but go ahead. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. <laughs> All right. So I just want to get that out the way. I do have a confession to make. And right. I figured it's best to say it. You know, to be outright about it, uh, just in case the evidence makes its way somewhere onto social media. But I went to my friend's house to watch the AEW pay-per-view. More on that later. Right. And, you know, this is the guy who has uh, his his kid, Julian, is a huge wrestling fan. And brought oh, to the yeah, sure. Show. You know, so he, eight, nine-year-old kid, loves AEW. You know, he's super pumped to watch the pay-per-view. But I get over to the house. And first thing, as soon as I come in, he's like, Uncle Adam, Uncle Adam, you have to help me and dad with something. I'm like, what is it? And he asked me to do this thing. And I said, for you, kid, I'll do it. He goes and he grabs his phone and he cues up the new theme song to the elites, the carry on my wayward son. Uh And he wants me and his dad and him to do the the pose, the Young Bucks and the uh, Kenny Omega pose, along with the song. So I say, okay, can I can I be Kenny Omega? And he's like, no, I want to be Kenny Omega. And you can't argue with the kids. So Smart I'm just stuck kid. Being, 
Yeah, I'm just stuck being one of the bucks. So he has his mom, like, just dim the lights a little bit and hit play. And it goes, you know, the carry on my wayward son, whatever. And then when it gets the don't you cry no more, she turns the lights on. And then he does, like, the gun point with the hand behind his head. And me and his dad have to do the the stupid little young bucks thing to the side. He loved it. But uh, his his mom either took a picture or filmed it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And if that gets out without me coming out in front of it, uh, it could ruin me. But I did it for a kid, and it uh-huh. made his night. And uh, I, I feel like I should get a pass. Adam's not mentioning that this kid is in his late 20s. <laughs> kid. No, he's like nine. Oh, nine. Okay. Um, so the And I, I just want to read this uh, tweet from Adam from the other day on social media. Mm. Uh, someone quote, is this a bit me? If I say it on Twitter or into a microphone, it's a bit. So I'm not sure if I believe you. Um, Would I I say this if it wasn't true? Okay. How do, like, how do I know that this wasn't your idea and you're pinning it on the nine-year-old? I, oh, come on now. I, if it was my idea, I would have absolutely been Kenny Omega, but that's, Mm. that's like a thing that a kid would want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm peeling back the curtain. Adam Van Volkenberg did that. I swear. <laughs> my my little four year old nephew thinks he's Hulk Hogan now. Yeah. yeah, I'd much rather be a buck than Hulk Hogan. I think. Well, listen, when you're four, you don't know any better, right? It's not my place to tell him. Well, that guy's a horrible racist. You know, <laughs> that's his parents. That's my brother's problem to tell him. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be on the lookout for this picture, and it will be the show image for every episode from here until eternity. Um, until um, otherwise, it'll be one of those things where it's like, oh, I need a picture for the show image. Do you want to do this one or that one? And I'll just like, hey, it's this one, right? That's cool. And then when the show goes up, it'll just be that you doing the Bucks pose. And you're like, hey, Joe, it's been 17 weeks in a row. I've been doing these Photoshops. Are you going to use any of them? And I'm like, oh, yeah, next week I'll use it. Finally, just, something to knock uh, Jeff Jarrett requests out of the messages. Right. This yeah. this is the only. Th- and now this could be another thing that you intentionally staged this photo so that um, <laughs> knowing my reaction to it would be something to embarrass you in perpetuity would get me to stop sending you Jeff Jarrett pictures. Now, granted, <laughs> I'm not going to run out of Jeff Jarrett pictures. I'm just not going to send them to you anymore. You know. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you think I would make this up. I mean, ugh. you're you're uh, liable to do anything, Adam. Uh, there's nothing I could put past you. You know, this is true. This is true. I would have painted myself in a better picture if it was mm-hmm. fake. But yeah. big show, Joe. Let's yeah. Do this. Let's start it off. And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. Hey, this day in wrestling history. Um, could uh, so let's start off with our head-to-head Raw vs. Uh, SmackDown from 1998. Two kind of sort of nothing happening shows, right? Okay. Um, I had miscalculated something that's going to be happening on a Nitro here, but the thing that I'm thinking of doesn't happen for like another three weeks, and I would say it's like a benchmark moment, not in Monday Night Wrestling. History, not Monday Night Wars history, but in wrestling history, period. All right. Okay. Um, Raw is still taped this week. They This was when they would do their live Monday, and then they would do like a house show loop. 
okay. of like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then like that Friday to start off the house show loop would be the taped Raw for the following Monday. Again, we're still on the road to WrestleMania. No Mike Tyson. Um, you want to say like this is the first time like Austin gives like Gerald Briscoe the stunner, or this is the first like solo in ring promo with Austin and McMahon. Like these are all footnotes in the Monday Night War, but it's kind of like a nothing happening thing, right? Yeah, you're grasping if you're trying to find something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, also, though, on this day in wrestling history, 1991, and we always go by air date when it comes to these sort of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so on an episode of WCW Power Hour, the Steiner brothers defeated the Fabulous Freebirds for the uh, NWA Tag Team Championship. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I bring this up is this is one of those moments, um, it, one of those uh, pre- it's WCW, it's NWA, but it's a great NWA, it's a great WCW uh, everybody moment, okay? So this airs on March 9th, okay? Steiner's beating the Freebirds for the tag titles. This was taped on February 18th. In between them taping the show and airing the show, the Freebirds had not won the tag titles yet, but came out of the taping with the tag titles. They won the tag titles from Doom on the pay-per-view that happened a week prior to this. So they ended up having a negative six-day reign with the titles. (laughs) Okay, so like you're going through this taping, you're seeing, okay, you're going to see the Steiners against the Freebirds, but then the Freebirds come out with the tag titles, and you ask yourself, hey, aren't Doom the tag champs? (laughs) No explanation. And then the match doesn't air for another three weeks. Yeah, so you just kind of think to yourself, you didn't have the internet, you didn't take a picture like we right. did, it was all blurry or whatever, so you think it's a fever dream, like somebody tells you and you don't believe them. Mm-hmm. And this is like, as, as Adam mentioned, this pre-internet days, yeah. um, so, you know, obviously as like the internet would become more of a thing into like 94, 95, and WCW would do, do those bulk uh, worldwide tapings at Disney where they would film like three months worth of TV, and you would just have like... Earlier in the taping, like, Pretty Wonderful would come out with the tag titles. Later in the taping, the Horsemen would come out with the tag titles. And then even later in the taping, the Nasty Boys would come out with the titles. And there would be no explanation as to why these things were happening. Yeah. And then stuff like that would get out on the internet, and then people would start piecing things together. They're like, oh, okay, so, like, these aired, that didn't air, so... They just announced for next week uh, the Clash of the Champions. It's like so-and-so versus so-and-so. It's like, well, we know they got three weeks of TV in the can with them with the tag titles, so that switch is obviously going to happen, you know? Yeah, that's when you start watching, like, Clash of the Champions with a buddy and you start putting money on the matches. That's only if you're, what is it, Michigan? And what's the other state where you're going to be allowed to gamble (laughs) on World Wrestling Entertainment here in the near future? I hope it's Pennsylvania because, you know, we can make an opportunity going here. Oh, boy, we certainly can. There's that (laughs) word. Um, But the biggie that happened on this day in wrestling history in 1996 uh, from the ECW arena in South Philadelphia, ECW held the Big Ass Extreme Bash Night 2. This ended up being heralded as the last appearance of Cactus Jack in ECW. Okay. Um, it would also end up being the last appearances of Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrera in ECW as well, but I don't think they knew that at the time. 
<laughs> yeah, because I remember seeing like the the videos trying to like push the video cassette. It would always talk about Cactus Jack. Yeah, and this is one that did get a full VHS release, uh, a full home release, and it did get caught up a bunch for TV as well. Um, one of the matches that never made it to TV was Sabu versus Big Titan. Do you know who Big Titan is, Adam? Hmm, Kane? V- no, oh, no. You're very close. Big, Big, Kane? T- Big Titan is fake Razor Ramon. Okay, yeah, but that, that's why it kind of sprung into my head. It got mixed yes. up. Alright. Uh, this is also Jericho's first uh, weekend with ECW. Uh, the night before they were in New York, he wrestled Cactus and beat Cactus. And then here, uh, he beats Taz, but by disqualification. So, like, Jericho's coming into ECW, like, hot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the only clips that I have here, and I'm not going to play the whole thing, because this is one of those things, Adam, where, like... I love this moment in wrestling, and it's one of my favorite wrestlers. And I could play the full nine-minute speech to close out the show, right? Yeah. But instead, we're just going to play this. Cactus had just thrown the shirt that he was wearing in the match to a fan in the crowd. and He's afraid to let go of me because he thinks you'll see him crying. But you know what? He looks so young, too. Oh, my God. He's 32 years old here. I know. I said you look so young. Oh, that's not me. Stop. There's two guys back there who need some special mention. Two guys sitting in the chairs right now who really are the lifeblood of ECW. Let's face it, without them, there would be no extreme championship wrestling. <laughs> oh, I know it's coming. One of them, he's, he's a creative genius. <laughs> the other guy's a, a visionary who saw what he wanted to accomplish and went about conforming ECW. So right now, I'm going to bring him out here. Now, this is classy. Seen eye to eye. Really classy. I'm going to bring out the two people that make this whole thing work. The Heartbreak Kid, Stevie Richards, and the Blue Meanie. <laughs> oh, that's it. I'm out of here. All right, now, listen, I could have played the whole thing, and then they do a bit where, like, Cactus actually calls Polly and Todd out, and then they do the Fargo strut down the aisle away, and Cactus shows uh, how negative rhythm he has. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, like, this was crazy at the time. Like, they were already airing... Mankind vignettes on TV. Yeah, yeah. That's so why like it's getting like the you sold out and shit. Well, chance, right? so leading up to this, you know, obviously he did, but Mick, being as smart as he was, was able to like kind of turn it around on the ECW fans and like you know he's talked recently and over the many years about how um you know he really had contempt for these fans toward the end of his run in ecw and it's like this last month of shows you know obviously knowing that he's going to wwe he kind of came to terms with it and like even in this speech like i said you know i i played this goofy part but like the first like five minutes of it is like mick talking about like the four hour long tapings and you know problems that he had with like specific fans and he's like pointing them out in the crowd um and, and he said that the worst part of his like the worst part of coming to an ecw show was when i had to come out here in front of all of you and he wasn't saying that like as a heel he was saying that as like you guys kind of were like killing wrestling for me a little bit you know mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, but you know, we're like two weeks away from him like debuting in a feud with The Undertaker on WWF TV, and like here he is at the ECW arena fucking around with Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just no, great I, stuff. Like I, I saw you queuing up that uh you know him leaving and i knew that was coming but i completely <laughs> forgot about stevie and meanie until he said the two guys in the back oh, oh i like that when i surprised myself <laughs> i i was one of, like obviously i wasn't gonna clue you in um but i was when i heard you sell it and i'm like oh okay he knows perfect this is great you know yeah <laughs> um but yeah like i said this is and it's just so crazy to like see this show like just to see the talent shifting so much in ECW around this time, and I say like this time, you know, 95, 96 is some of the best stuff. And, you know, in the other part, the serious part of the speech, and Mick says um, that if ECW could go on without Terry Funk, it absolutely can go on without Cactus Jack. And they would come back to Terry Funk many times uh, in, in the future, and obviously Mick never comes back to this iteration of ECW. Um... But yeah, like five years later, ECW is done, you know, because um, like it's not in my notes, but five years, you know, on this day of wrestling history, 2001 is when ECW officially announced that the living dangerously pay-per-view that was going to happen in March of 2001 was canceled. Yeah. Um. So like five years from Mick, given the speech, you know, ECW is done and you know, in hindsight, that seems like nothing, but living it at the time, that felt like forever amount of time between those two moments. Now, were you at the Big Ass Extreme Bash? I was. Okay, I was going to ask you that. I was at this show, yes. <laughs> were you Were you in tears? Um, No, because I was like a cynical teenager. You know, like, <laughs> I was, I, like, I was following WWF, and it was the Mankind vignettes that started to get me back interested because they were teasing on tv that Mick, like you know that uh or like on ecw tv that mick was going to wbf and he was my guy and i was sad that i was not going to see him in ecw anymore and i'm like oh how's wf gonna ruin him you know oh i i, I was gonna ask were you the one that wrote the the kane dewey sign no no that was <laughs> you know that was sign guy and that was one of the many fans that mick points out in his speech of saying like you know, like we buried the hatchet, but like there was a period of time where he was like pissed at that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and that guy at this show has a sign that says, keep Uncle Vince a away from Dewey and Noel. Oh, <laughs> a, a more prophetic sign there has never been. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, that's it, man. Like I said, light and easy for uh, this day in wrestling history. I could talk about that ECW show for another 20 minutes, but let's let's move on to more current stuff. How about that? Uh, we will. But, Joe, do me a favor. Oh. Would you would you hit a button for me, a special button? Well, it's not the pink button. I hit that later on in the show. Yep. <laughs> so the reason why i wanted to do this right here is this isn't a purchase but it's me going to make an offer on something and Ooh. i want to do it now so that if there's a response it should happen during the show so it might be a weekly purchase but 
Uh, as you know, I do dabble a little bit in prototypes and test shots. <sighs> I know I, that's out. That's that's a sigh of enthusiasm. <laughs> well, and, I know what sort of te- I know what sort of prototypes and test uh, shots that you typically are buying. It's more of that than uh, you know the authenticity of these alleged prototypes. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. So these are. Uh, this this one seller, and he put up some test shots going on maybe a year ago, and they were AEW Jazzwares figures. Okay. And they were all from the Dark Order assortment, like the C- the the line that had Brody, uh, Anna J, Evil Uno, uh, Johnny Hungy, all those guys. So uh, he put up the Brody for like five hundred bucks. Which immediately I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love it, but I'm not going anywhere near that price. And the rest of them were all like 150 bucks. So I think they were best offer. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to add them all to my watch list. And then I never like did anything with it. I unwatched them and never thought about it again. The other day I was looking through eBay and I saw the same seller selling the same figs minus the Brody because the Brody's I guess is either sold or whatever. Uh, but all the other ones for 50 bucks a piece, you know, which is a hundred dollars less than they were the last time. they Sure. Were. And I was really considering the Anna J and the John silver. So I just added them to my watch list last night. Again, 50 bucks a piece and earlier today, I got offers from the seller for 40 each. So, like, right there, that's a decent price. But I messaged the seller, because obviously this is what you do. I say, hey, if I bought both of them, you know, I got offers for the silver, I got offer for the J- Anna J. If I uh, bought both of them, would you do 70 for the pair? So 35 apiece. Right. And he, ne- he no-sold me, never got back to me. So I am just going to do a counter offer on the two of them, and I'm going to offer 35 a piece, and I'll put in the notes while we're talking uh, that you know obviously this is a deal for the two of them, and if I get uh, accepted, you know, being weekly purchases later in the show. All right. So got that to look forward to, but I just want to throw that in there because it's time sensitive. <laughs> for sure. All right. So the week in wrestling, Joe. It's been a busy week. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess I'll, I'll mix things up and I'll start. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to start with the Revolution pay-per-view, AEW Revolution. And, I mean, there's a lot of things. I could spend, you know, all of our time talking about the pay-per-view. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, maybe some stuff that, you know, wasn't so good. But I'm going to start with the main event, which was Brian Danielson versus MJF. And I went into this show when I went over to my friend's house you know, they were all rooting for Danielson, and they asked, who do I think was going to win? And I said, begrudgingly, I was like, there's no way MJF loses. I'd love it if Danielson won, but MJF is winning. And, you know, maybe the first 10 minutes of the match, 15 minutes of the match, I said to myself, I, this is going to be an hour. I, I, I can't deal with this. I have such a short attention span. I can't deal with an hour of what I was seeing for the first 15 minutes. But about 20 minutes into that main event, uh, it started to fly by because I was kind of hooked. And credit to both of those guys. When we got down to the final 10 minutes of the match, I kept flip-flopping. I was saying, you know what? Maybe Danielson is winning this. And then something would happen. I was like, nope, nope, MGF's winning. 
wait, maybe Danielson is winning this. And I flip flop back and forth. And when obviously they did the HBK uh, Bret Hart thing where they went into sudden death, I said, okay, now, now I'm not sure because, you know, it would have been an easy way to get Max out of there if they just said it was a draw. The fact that they're restarting it, that's a very babyface going over thing to do. Mm. And then all of the, the shenanigans with the chair and Bryce was like, be, go go right ahead. Be my fucking guest. Hit him, and I'll disqualify you, and you'll lose. And then I was like, oh, no, Max has the dynamite diamond ring. He's going to hit him with that like he always does. And then Bryce takes that off of him. And I was like, holy shit, they're going to let Danielson win this. And uh, obviously we get to the finish with the oxygen oxygen tank was used and MJF retains. But like I really liked that Iron Man match for a guy, like I said, has no attention span. I was hooked for 80 percent of it. Uh, no disrespect to Mr. Hitman and HBK, but like this was a much, much better match. And uh, like I like the Danielson promo coming out of it on on uh, Dynamite this week. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and uh, the strength of this match uh, is going to give MJF a pass for, a, you know, he gets a week, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought the promo that they showed for him afterwards uh, on Dynamite was good. Uh, let's, less said about the press conference, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I was of the same sentiment of you that this is an hour-long match. But it blew by. It just breezed right by. It did not feel like an hour. And I think that speaks to both the competitors in this. Um, And I, like you, I'm like, there's no way MJF is going to lose in his first defense of the title on pay-per-view. But how are they going to do it? How are they going to get out of it? And every trick that they had, it's like, we're going to step in front of you. You're going to get disqualified. You'll lose the belt. Everything that you mentioned. And for like a week, I was, you know, saying on online and social media that I think they're going to do some sort of gimmick with the ex-fiance, right? And that was going to be all a ruse. And I'm glad they didn't do that. I was kind of thinking, like, how would Max book these things, right? <laughs> yeah. And we get the thing where I feel as though the finish came from them setting up a camera shot of it. So, you know, they get the ring off Max, and Max goes outside the ring, and he find, and he goes underneath the ring, because he kept going under the ring all night, getting the bottle of water, right? Yeah. Um, and this time he goes underneath the ring, and there's the oxygen tank there. And then they, they do, like, a different camera angle, where it's kind of, like, down, and it's not, like, usually, like, straight on from that side, so that... Max is holding the whatever, the the oxygen tank, and then, like, Danielson, like, comes into frame. And, like, as it was happening, it was, like, one of these slow-motion moments where it was, like, this was, like, their cinematic moment that they wanted. Like, the way that this shot was framed so that Danielson comes through and, like, the way – and everything like that. And, like, it's just a little nitpick on me, but it was a great way to get out of the match, um, get Max to still be the champion – and you mentioned as well that promo that they had for Danielson on on Dynamite this week. You know, we've talked about this year as well. Um, you know, one of the knocks against Danielson, especially when he was in WWE, was that he wasn't a good promo guy. And I always thought that was crazy then. It's like even crazier now. When you look at the promos that he cut in AEW, just the passion and the realism that's in those promos. And he had that one clunker in AEW, where it's like, oh, the fans are going to go have sex with MJF's mom, or whatever, right? (laughs) Um, But, like, Danielson was a good promo, like, in 2006. 
you know, like good on an indie level, but he just got like better and better and better and better as things went on. And he was never like a soundbite guy. And then like he ended up becoming like a catchphrase guy with the yet stuff. And even like his catchphrase is like, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, that's awesome. Um, but I, I really like this match and the pay-per-view overall, I thought was really good as well. Um, you know, the, the stuff that I expected to be meh was meh. Uh, the stuff that I expected to be terrible, Soraya over delivered by like, I, like she didn't come out and shit her pants. So I'm <laughs> like, Oh, she did great. You know? Yeah. And she didn't win the title, which was, and a she didn't win the surprise. title neither. Right. Yeah. But what do you got? Well, you know, we talk about the pay-per-view, um, uh, we talk about, like, the match, but also there was that moment in the match. And I know I said I'm giving Max, like, a week off. Uh, but there was a lot, all that controversy that I still think is going on as we speak um, <laughs> of MJF throwing the drink on the kid. Oh, let me clutch my pearls. Hold on. Um, and the fact that, like, not only did the drink um, get thrown on the kid, but it was, like, a full drink. But it wasn't water. It was tequila. You know, and everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this would happen. And then, like, you get two different sides of the coin in regards to how people feel in regards to all of this. Um, I will say um, MJF's biggest mistake was doing this on the other side of the barricade. And I do give MJF credit for being smart enough um, to, like, pick his shots and who when he's on the other side of the rail where there's no security around of who he's going to um, target, I guess, for stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, most of the stuff that MJF does to get his cheap heat is usually when he's on one side of the rail and the fans are on the other, the other side of the rail. And I know that they've lied. And listen, I'm going to say, I know that they've lied and said that apologies have been made by MJF and so forth. I don't think MJF has apologized. I think Tony Khan allows MJF to do essentially whatever the fuck he wants. Um, cause he's the golden boy, which is fine. Listen, um, I'm not the golden boy. I'll never be anyone's golden boy, but MJF is the golden boy. And it's not like one of these things is like, oh, well, um, ask forgiveness. Then instead of asking for permission, I think it's a situation of just Tony says, go do whatever the fuck you want. And a lot of that bears out on what we've seen from Max on TV over the last like six to 10 months. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not that upset about it. Like I said, I just hope next time Max is smarter when he grabs someone's drink that he's on one side of the guardrail, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to look for a tweet that I saw about this that cracked me up. Um, now, wh while you're doing that, I'll just say, yeah. like, when I saw it, I was like, ah, that's funny. I don't, you know, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it, it didn't offend me at all. Then I saw, obviously, that... Twitter was in an uproar, and all these people that were like, well, if that happened to my kid, that match would be a three-way match. I'd jump that rail and so fast. MJF uh -huh. got his ass beat. And that's obviously – I'm not laughing at the idea of being offended that your kid was hit, but like that you're going to go in the ring and, and, and do something, sure. But – I don't have a kid, so I, I don't know what the real reaction from somebody that has a kid would be. So for me, I'm like, what's the big deal? The kid got to go meet Hobbs backstage. Like, he, he had a great night. But, like, as a father, if that happened to your kid, you know, what would your reaction be, I think, is the more important question. 
I wouldn't have that good of seats. <laughs> Plus, your kid would be looking down at like the tablet because he's bored. So yeah, he might he, not have gotten in the face. He wouldn't be at the wrestling. <laughs> I wouldn't be drinking at the wrestling. There's a lot of things, you know, a lot of other things that have to happen for me to be in this situation. Uh, yeah. But I have to give credit to uh, Jagger, one of the co-hosts of the Stink Sheet on social media. Uh, life underscore four underscore sale underscore on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out alcoholic mother gets very mad when unsuspecting an innocent wrestler dumps her tequila child happens to be in the way. <laughs> well, which was, which was very, which is a very crazy thing to tweet out. But uh, I, I'm, I, I kind of agree with that statement. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's the stink sheet brand. Yeah. They have a Patreon now. Go support those guys. They do a fun show. If uh, I know uh, Ed is going to be starting Hiya Bussy here on uh, Soon to Be Named Network in the near future, but if there is a if there is a spiritual successor to what Pod Van Dam was, it's definitely the Stink Sheet Boys, so go check them out. Yeah, I, I like the Val Venus recaps. Every, <laughs> my highlight. <laughs> Val Venus got one of his previously suspended Twitter accounts back okay. and started fucking with them from that account today oh damn i gotta check that out <laughs> all right um my turn i guess right unless you have more yeah yeah i got tons more but go ahead um I, you know what i obviously i've said this many times before if i watch wwe i'll watch it all on wednesday afternoon like right before we record you know or wednesday evening because it's not appointment viewing for me i'll try to just watch it you know in fast forward to see what i missed uh, in case you know maybe there's some bloodline stuff maybe there's some alexa bliss stuff but whatever but i did not watch smackdown but monday night i'm looking at my phone and people are like, can you believe the ending of Raw? Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, what an ending. Like, oh. So I was like, okay. Uh, you know what? It's got Twitter, you know, in a buzz. And I'm not talking about the shitty part of Twitter that I don't follow. <laughs> but it's got people that, like, I actually follow on Twitter actually talking. So I better make it a point. You know, it's Monday night. I'm going to go and find out what happened at the end of Raw. And Joe, can you believe that Jay Uso turned on Sami Zayn after initially looking like he was going to side with them? Oh man, what what a shock! I I really hope they get to finish the story at WrestleMania. But Kevin Owens isn't on Sami's side. That would have to, in order for that to have to happen, happen like Owens would have to join Sami Zayn, like, and then they'd have to team up. Like, oh, Joe, can you believe they pulled off such a such an amazing swerve? Oh, I'm so glad I made it a point to watch it that night. And it wasn't at all a waste of my time. God. Fuck. I hate WWE. <laughs> okay. I thought it was a great bit in the story, but it was a signpost on this story that we all knew was coming, right? We knew that Jay wasn't going to uh, side with Sammy, that it was going to be the bloodline, right? So where my my issue with this comes in is about a month or so ago, in some interview, maybe for the Royal Rumble, maybe for whatever, Paulie says that Roman should be nominated for an Emmy for his portrayal of the tribal chief character on <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment Television, right? Okay, And there are people 
in 2023 that don't know that Paul Heyman is the biggest liar and shyster and con man and carny in the entire world, right? Yeah, a lot of them just think he's just an on-screen guy. Right. They only know him from, like, maybe Brock Lesnar's advocate and later. Right. A lot of these people need to watch the rise and fall of ECW DVD. (laughs) They're not all they're not to all even, wrestling historians like you and I. Right. <laughs> to get the, uh, you, yeah, uh, to get the, like, even the sanitized version of Paul being a shyster is interesting, you know? Uh-huh. But now the fact that Paul said that on into a microphone, now every time a moment like this happens uh, in the Bloodline storyline or in a storyline, there's a huge segment of the wrestling online fan base is like, Oh, Jay Uso should be nominated for an Emmy for his portrayal of, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, Paul created this talking point that now is, like, all these other people have adapted onto. It's fucking wrestling, man. You know what I mean? Like, nobody watched, you know, and everyone, I'll use this as the one that everyone knows, but, like, Dusty Rhodes doing the hard time promo, you know? (laughs) I was going to say Mark Henry. Mark Henry in a salmon suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mark Henry's in there. That's a more. Uh, that's a, that's better because that's a more contemporary reference, right? So Mark Henry comes out in the salmon suit. He's going to retire, and Cena comes out, and he says, "I got a lot more left in the tank." And he turns on Cena. When they were putting that together, nobody was thinking like, "Oh man, we're going to get this moment nominated for an Emmy." They were like, "Boy, I hope some people buy this fucking pay per view," you know? Yeah. And that's what fucking wrestling is supposed to be man like it's supposed to be like shit like this happens not to get awarded by like the television like arts and sciences people it was to fucking move merchandise and sell tickets and like you know i don't know man like paulie's a dangerous motherfucker that's that's why it was his name yeah oh Oh, what else you got um so i had that i had that um so, hey, um, I thought it was awesome that Hobbs won the TNT title. Um, you know, obviously, he was super over in his hometown last week on Dynamite. They did the build. Um, you know, whatever your opinion is of them putting QT out there with them to end the show, um, it is them trying to weave some sort of storyline together with all this. I feel as though it's long overdue for Hobbs to be in this position. Uh, I hope this is the beginning of them not hot potatoing the TNT title around. Let Hobbs have, like, a nice halfway decent reign. At least let him get to the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, me two and a half months, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I f- the, the, the biggest victim in all of this is Wardlow, I feel. Like, after he beat Max at that pay-per-view and Max no-sold the stretcher job... And then Max just comes out the like the following week on TV and completely no sells all of it. I feel as though that did so much harm to Wardlow, and they killed a hot character like that because of you know whatever. And, and I hope they like maybe like take Wardlow off TV for a couple weeks, a month, whatever. Let him refresh, bring him back new as something different. And uh, you know, and then there was even people speculating, and this is one of those things. So like. Um, late Monday night, Wardlow puts up on his social media that his car, his rental car got broken into and all of his shit got stolen, including the belt. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't see it because it was like late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. And then like news starts coming out as 
they start mentioning it leading up to Dynamite, and they do a promo on it, and then, like, the tweet and the social media stuff of it gets a little bit more traction. And then there's people like, oh, man, is this fake? Is this just to build up the storyline, right? And it very clearly was not fake, right? Like, yeah. he was a guy who was, like, really bummed out that, like, all of his shit got stolen, you know? Yeah, they want to they think that, like, QT Marshall broke into his car. Well, okay, so... <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, as Wardlow's cutting his promo and Hobbs is cutting his promo, and I'm like, Hobbs should take credit for it, right? <laughs> like, he, Hobbs doesn't, but he kind of sort of does. He's like, my car doesn't get broken into in these sort of neighborhoods, you know, he says. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. fine, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, I guess, like, late last night, early this morning, QT tweets out, essentially, like, taking credit for breaking into the car, right? And I'm like, okay. We're making it into a storyline. I'm okay with that. That's cool. They should have been in front of it instead of behind it, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, man, I feel bad for Wardlow. Like, I've never been a Wardlow guy. It took me a while to figure him out and get on board with him. Like, he's not my guy. He's never going to be my guy. And I get why he's over, and I get, like, the specialness of him. But, like, they have done so much to, like, erode that specialness of Wardlow. And it, it sucks, man, because, like, they had a guy that was over, like, another homegrown guy, and they just sacrificed so much so many other people like they sacrificed him to get like a bunch of other people that were over at like an eight up to a nine you know where yeah. Wardlow is someone who was a one that they built all the way up to a 10 and now he's like a three you know he's just a nothing now it sucks yeah i do like Wardlow. like he's not one of my favorites but like i've always i've liked him even back when he was uh you know with max and they were like feuding but kind of on the same side of not the jas the the what was before that the pinnacle no jericho's one his uh inner circle yeah, when Matt, you know, all the stuff where Max was like a member and then he wasn't. So I've kind of always liked Wardlow, but he falls into the category of like a Goldberg or a Fiend, where it's like I I, I mean that like they're awesome when they're presented as unstoppable killing machines. But eventually you have to put a belt on them because if they're just beating everybody, you know, they keep going up, up, up. It makes sense that they would challenge for a belt. And then eventually you got to lose that belt. And then what do you have left? You don't have an unstoppable killing machine anymore. So like, that's kind of the thing with Wardlow when he was just squashing dudes and doing the powerbomb sympathy or symphony and like taking on 20 security guards. That was fun television. But then it's like, Oh, Hey, go wrestle Samoa Joe, a guy you can't dominate. It kind of makes him lose some of his luster to the fans. And I think, like, I agree with you, take him off of TV for a while. But when you bring him back, maybe some guys don't need to go challenge for a belt. You know, just have him murder dudes, and, you know, and occasionally have a feud. But, uh, yeah, I agree that they kind of messed him up because... You know, when he was feuding with Max, you're like, okay, this is the guy who's going to come out of that feud because he beat Max, right? Yep. You know, this is the guy who's going to become the next world champion. But it was, as you said, Max didn't sell the stretcher job. And then Max gets all the promo time. And Max is the greatest promo guy in the history of wrestling. Uh, and he ends up becoming world champ. So if you had asked me when that match happened, who I thought was going to be the next guy, I wouldn't have thought it was MJF. Mm-hmm. But you can say that, you know, coming out of that Wardlow-MJF match, even though Wardlow won, MJF leveled up, Joe. Well, 
Adam, listen, you said it, so I got no choice but to do it. Because this past Wednesday night, everyone was up in arms. We're getting another Jane Weasel with Forge Cats. Alright, kill this fusion. I can't hear you. Stop it. <laughs> That's just you trying to get the music to be turned off. No, I, I've grown to like it to an extent, but you no, know, as soon as you started playing it, I couldn't hear you, unfortunately. God damn it. I anyway, you're I think you're lying again. It's another bit. But they announced the match, and I said, I'm like, this is gonna set up OC versus uh, Double J, and I was thinking that maybe they were going to do it at that upcoming like first house show, right? But no, they're doing it on TV next week. But not only are they doing it on TV next week, Adam, but it's no longer for the All-Atlantic title, because thank you, Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods in theaters March 17th, <laughs> the All-Atlantic title is now leveled up and is now the international title? Yep. <laughs> okay, sure, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I might have sent some texts to some people uh, when all these announcements were being made, and um, they were equally um, as shocked that this match was happening as I am. Um, but uh, I love Orange Cassidy. I've known Orange Cassidy for a very long time, um, and I've loved Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I don't know Jeff Jarrett. I got a pipeline to Jeff Jarrett, but not a direct pipeline to Jeff Jarrett. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no way in hell that Double J is not walking out of Winnipeg next week as the brand new international champion leveled up thanks to Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods in theaters March 17th. Thank you, Shazam 2. Now, I know what you're all thinking, of course. It's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, how long are we going to have Jarrett with the title? What's this all going to be? So on and so forth. Now, I assume it's going to lead to a rematch between the two on or around the pay-per-view where they're going to have to level the title up again because once Jarrett touches it, it's now even like a bigger deal, right? Because Jarrett's going to have it in the background when he's doing his podcast. He's got the NWA title. He's got the WCW title. He's got the Intercontinental title. He's going to have the the, inter, the AEW International title. They're going to have to level it up again when they do the next movie tie-in for the belt, Synergy with uh, Time Warner Property, when the title gets renamed as the All-International Family title sponsored by Fast Five in theaters... Oh, no. May 19th? Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, maybe they're not going to tie it into that, then, I guess. I don't know. But that being said, um, I think it's going to be a short reign for Jarrett with the title, and I think OC's just going to win it back and like get the pay-per-view or whatever. But it's going to be crazy next week. People are going to be losing their goddamn minds over this, and I can't wait. <sighs> Jarrett's not winning, Joe. And Jarrett is absolutely winning. He's not winning it. It's, I, it's gambling legal on this podcast. <laughs> it sure is. Oh, you want to make it interesting? Oh, no. It's going right. to be interesting enough when Jeff Jarrett uses every scum, heel, Memphis tactic. Uh, take that shit to Smoky Mountain. I want Jarrett to pull a chain out of his boot. 
I want Jarrett to do a, a rag with ether on it. I want every bullshit tactic to happen in this match. And still, he barely squeaks by uh, OC, you know? Uh, well, first of all, I hope Ref Aubrey is the referee. Wait you know, a minute. Just, Come on so, now. So that, uh, because we need somebody who's wise to Jeff Jarrett's shenanigans. And obviously, as the resident Orange Cassidy fan on this podcast, obviously, all I am right. not going to, I'm not going to think that Jarrett has a chance. But I do like the renaming of the title. I think it, the All Atlantic t- uh, name was stupid to start with. So this one kind of makes sense. You know, it's kind of like their Intercontinental Belt. We talked last week or the week before about how I see this championship. And I like to think that this belt holds its lineage back to the international championship that like Rick Rude had and Hasi had and back in WCW. I, I feel like this is the successor. So sure. I'm going to change the Wikipedia later. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. I had no problem with Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy again. Yeah, they have good matches, man. Absolutely. Like whatever your yeah. opinion of Jay Lethal is, you know, like him and OC have great matches. They have really good chemistry. Yeah, I, I pop for uh, when Jay Lethal was coming out and all the refs come out and like they try to stop. <laughs> and Jared just blows by them. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> what I a pop, dick. <laughs> I pop for that. I do really. I've come around. I, I wasn't on board with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, certainly not with this this grouping uh, with Satnam Singh and all that stuff. But I, I'm on board, but not so far as to think that he has he's going to win this belt. It's just not happening. I'll I'll eat your John Cena hat next week if you if it does happen. Okay, let's let's make the uh, I, you know what I'll make a bet. Okay, okay. If Jarrett wins, okay. Yep. When Jarrett wins. Show image for next week is Jarrett with the belt, okay? Obviously. I, I mean, I, I, I'd agree to that regardless. Okay. If And if Jarrett wins, as long as he's the champion, you cannot veto Jarrett Im- show images. As long okay. as, as the, 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 for the time that he's the champion. Okay, so like if you propose a Jar- uh, Jarrett, it has to automatically be the, the show image. As long as he's the champion. Sure, but what's in it for me when Orange Cassidy wins? If Orange Cassidy wins next week, I will never ask for a, a double J picture for the show image ever again. Hmm, I don't know if that's that's really a balanced thing because at the end of the day, I control the means of production when it comes okay. to the show image. <sighs> I do. All right, I, I'll agree. If Jarrett wins, which he won't. Uh, I cannot veto any Jeff Jarrett photos while like, and I, like, I don't want to be crazy and say forever, you know? Yeah, no, I, while he's champion. No, I got while it. he's the champion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I was, I thought you were going to be like, while he's champ or like next week, I have to have, like change my profile picture to no. Jeff Jarrett or something. <laughs> All right. I think that like my side of that is bad. Like I don't get as good of a, a winnings, but I'll take that action. All right. Low stakes. Yes, low stakes. All right. That's that's all I have. All right. Um, Adelaide, like I said, pay-per-view was good. Um, you know, we could go over it like ad nauseum, but like I know Tim and Marcus did on Viewer's Choice. I know Brett and DJ Will on We Need Wrestling. So, again, if you want the more in-depth, like blow-by-blow, match-by-match, everything, I'm sure those two podcasts, they're soon to be named network shows, so definitely check those out. Um Let's get into voicemail, huh? 
Yeah. Because we got a ton. Let's roll. Hello, guys. It's the strongest man in all planned, Arthur MacArthur. Been kind of absent in these voicemails. Haven't had much to say, but uh, today, as of this recording, Saturday, I'm headed to the the Arnold Sports Festival, a.k.a. the Arnold Classic, home to, you know, all the fitness gurus, you know, as the strongest man in all the land, I figured I need to make an appearance, you know, for all the adoring strength fans out there. Um, but, no, in all seriousness, though, it, it got me inspired, because obviously it's the world's strongest man competition there, previously won by Mark Henry back in 2002. Now, I would be interested. What do you guys think, if you guys were to pair up a, a wrestling world's strongest competition, and, you know, legitimate strength, a big competition, name me a pool of independent or, or assigned people, whoever, in a strength competition, and who do you think comes out on top in the end, in the year 2023? Hope you guys have a great day and a great week. I'll see you all very soon. Um, I think we, we do have to exempt Artie because obviously he would just win. Right. So this would have to just be people like that aren't Arthur MacArthur because um, that just wouldn't be fair. Um, I Like as soon as he said that, like, I, I think he's not the person that you would jump at and be like, oh, my God, he's ripped to the gills. But like Otis is probably like a really strong dude. Right. You know, he'd be a good example. Um, oh, man. You know, you can look at powerhouse Hobbs and. But what do you got? My two immediately come into mind. Um, Claudio is like, you look at Claudio and you're like, that's strong motherfucker. Like just the way that he's built. But then you see the stuff that he could do in the ring, like effortlessly. Yeah. And like, it's just amazing. And he's just always been that way. He's always had that sort of freaky strength and it's just gotten better over the years. And I think maybe just cause I was watching it before we started recording the latest episode of ring of honor TV, uh, Dalton Castle, uh, underrated, very strong guy, uh, low base. Um, he's got like, he's like, ra- like, because he's, he's got like such a thick upper body. You don't really realize how rangy his arms are. And a lot of like the lifting stuff. And that's my mindset. Like, I'm not thinking like feats of strength, like the Mark Henry stuff where he's like bending frying pans or whatever it was, or holding back cars. I'm just thinking like in a wrestling sense. But because he has, like, that big upper body, and he's hurt. Like, Dalton Castle is is and has been wrestling hurt for a very long time. And the fact that he could still do that strength stuff in the ring, and, like I said, not make it look effortless, but make it look professional wrestling effortless, uh, I think really speaks to him being an underrated, strong guy in professional wrestling. Yeah, I get you. I mean, Dalton Castle I, like is one of those people you would put the the uh asterisks and say a pound for pound one of the stronger guys yeah yeah i'm thinking of guys that like you mentioned like dragging a bus <laughs> you know i don't think of dalton castle as that you know yeah, he of, might he might you know maybe maybe a sailboat that's more oh, of a speed right <laughs> thank thanks already yes thank you for your call next call hey there joe adam the other jb here uh thank you for your um, past, uh, recommendations for Scott Steiner, you know, you know, just always fun going back and just watching all those compilations and such. I'll do those anyways, but always fun to, to see a little bit. One that stuck out to me was, you know, it was a little bit interesting to go back and see was his debate on the Iraq war. That was a very interesting, um, thing to go back and watch. 
um, because I was uh, very young at the time uh, when that was all going on. So a little, a little bit of whiplash to be like, hey, this is uh, what was going on when I was eight or nine. Because that was oh six. Anyways, so I am curious about what recommendations you might have um, for um, someone that I'm sure you all are a little bit more uh, familiar with. Um, well, obviously, um, but you've probably seen more of uh, Rob Van Dam. Um, seen a lot of um, you know clips and stuff lately. Um, you know because it's getting close to WrestleMania season. Um, some of the clips related to uh, the past Money in the Banks have been coming up. So seeing some of those, but wanted to get a little bit more about Rob Van Dam. All right, let me know. Thanks, other JB. And before we get started, I just want to congratulate you on your win over Christian this past weekend. Uh, big, great job there. Um, as far as RVD for me, um, it might not be the best match, but definitely the best sports entertained you'll ever be is the obviously the match against John Cena one night stand. Yeah, um, that is like you know. A lot of run-ins, a lot of like shenanigans, but like as far as entertainment and at the time me being shocked by the results, I think that's like a top Rob Van Dam moment. And Joe, you could probably clue me in on the specifics, but I'm thinking of him versus Sabu in ECW with Rob Van Dam refusing to shake people's hands. That jumps out at me. Yeah, so that was um, summer of 96. Uh, the show was called A Matter of Respect. Yep. Um, I know on, uh, on his Patreon podcast, Murder Brian just did like a whole thing about R- Rob Van Dam and they were not very kind to poor Rob, uh, and his past, present and whatever. Um, but you know, I, I don't think a lot of the RVD stuff probably like, I don't think a lot of ECW's in-ring stuff holds up, but I think if you were to pick something in particular, it was probably that match that you're talking about from June of 96 with, um... Uh, Sabu. Um, I know there's like Sabu and Van Dam tag matches with the Eliminators mm-hmm. um, from like late 96 into 97 that you could probably check out. I know there's one from like November to remember 96. Um, that's the um, that's where the Sabu's bite in his ear um, joke <laughs> comes from where like yeah. they're just blatantly calling spots and Joey has to call it or cover it up. Um, one of my favorite, I think like an unheralded one is it it was like May or June of 2002 it was right when Eddie returned um to WWE after his stint on the Indies it was RVD versus Eddie on an episode of Raw in a ladder match um and it's the one where like a fan runs in like right before the finish okay I vaguely um, remember this. Yeah, yeah. So those are the ones that I would pick. Again, not so familiar with RVD's time in uh TNA, but uh I think that's a good mix. And if you just want something a little weird or different, um, during like 91, 92, late 91, early 92 in uh, WCW, they were having a Battle of the Underdogs tournament where it was essentially like job guys wrestling each other and like a random tournament where like, oh, it was like kind of ill-defined of like, oh, it's Battle of the Underdogs and the winner gets something, right? Yeah. And it was young Robbie V., uh, taking on uh, young Scotty Flamingo in the Battle of the Underdogs tournament. 
Oh, okay. Is that yeah. like on? Is that? A, I'd actually check that out. Is that on YouTube or something? You could absolutely find that on YouTube if you just put in like Rob Van Dam Raven. It'll come up. You know. Yeah. Minus ECW. Right. Search. Okay. Cool. Thanks, JB. Thank you, JB. Next call. Hey yo, it's your boy. Round two legs just calling in to let you guys know. Um, Adam and I and Stacy Silvers did a podcast uh, over on the Wrestling Cheers feed where we did an AIW draft. Uh, so there's going to be a poll out. I just want to let everyone know to go ahead and go vote for me. As Adam said, he doesn't want anyone to vote for him. Uh, so make sure you cast your vote for me. Uh, Ronald Two Legs, because my card was the best. I am the best, and I am the draft champion. Unlike anyone else who tells you they are the draft king or champion or whatever other monikers they would like to give themselves, they are all me. <laughs> I'm the draft master. Uh, so, yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for doing that. Thank you for voting for me. I appreciate you. Uh, have a great show, gentlemen. Thank you for your entertainment every week on this very fine podcast. Um, also, thank you for curbing the swears, Adam. I appreciate you. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Well, I, I just gotta say, first things first, uh, Mr. Two Legs. Fuck. That, that's in case you're playing that near your kid. Um, and you could be the draft master, but uh, last time I checked, King outranks master, and I am the draft show king. And that's right. Earlier this week, myself, Mr. Two Legs, Stacy Silvers, we all recorded an episode of Wrestling Cheers, as Pat just said. Uh, good time was had by most. I think I had a solid show, but obviously uh, it goes without saying that I won. Uh, there is a poll, and I mean, you could do whatever you want in that poll. Uh, it really isn't going to change the fact that I had the best card. I had the best draft. I was the most prepared. I had the best presentation. I had the best burials in mine. In fact, I don't think anybody else buried anybody. So I think Stacy and Ronald are too nice. But I will say because Mr. Two Legs does not have a Twitter, vote for him. Uh, if you have burners, throw me a vote. I just don't want to come in last. Uh, but uh, Stacy doesn't listen. Don't vote for Stacy. Um, but other than that, thank you to Justin Summers for allowing me to be on and for dealing with my shenanigans. Go check out that episode. It dropped earlier today on the Wrestling Cheers feed. Yeah, and you can certainly find it over at soonnovenamenetwork.com as well. Of course, anytime any of the folks show up. On other shows, I make sure to put it over there. Um, but yeah, I think all three of you guys uh, put together uh, three very different shows. Um, you know, Pat is always going to be, he's an AIW homer, whether he wants to admit it or not. Yeah. Um, you know, he definitely put together a very AIW show. Um, I really liked your show, but there were elements of your show that felt a little too real, Adam. <laughs> um, maybe hit a little too close to home. Um, yeah. Rip from the headlines is what they like. There to you go. Rip from the uh, dirt sheets, if you will. Yes, yes. Um, Stacy, though, if I was going to vote for anyone, um, I would have voted for Stacy because he is the only one that actively booked me to be on the show. See, I, I just didn't want, like, everybody always tries to get you on there, and I didn't want to kiss ass to you, you know? I should have courted the Sposto vote. No, listen, you did enough in there to court my vote. 
Um, and I was fully going to vote for you until Stacey's like, oh, the commentary's uh, Joe Spolster. I'm like, oh, well, I'm voting for him. I don't need to listen to the rest of his card. <laughs> um, I liked, But that's the thing. You couldn't have me on your show because you had your bit with uh, Brian Carson's commentary, which I thought was great, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was very important. Uh, that was, I made commentary very important to the through line of my story. Yeah. <laughs> One of but two very important people. <laughs> because both you and Stacey said... If you win, you wouldn't be able to draft another show, and you both threw your support behind Pat. I voted for Pat. Yeah, I as soon as Summers mentioned the possibility of doing like a tournament of champions, I was like, I'm out. I've gone down this road. I cannot do this bit. Like I, I run out of steam with bits. Like I'm good for a week or two, or maybe a month. But after that, even I get bored with them. So I can't do that. I can't. I can't face Ed. Uh I hopefully Ed doesn't do anything through the course of this show to make me angry, but as of right now, I just can't face Ed again. Um, but I, I hope Ronald Two Legs wins. I hope I come in second, uh, and that he goes on to get his revenge against Young Ed in whatever the next round is. I, I don't. I don't like to listen to the calls ahead of time, but you know, sometimes I see this transcripts and stuff. You know. Uh, yeah. Um, and I know Ed said he was mean to you. Uh, that's what he implied on Twitter. Okay. okay. On one of his, like, he alternates between multiple accounts nowadays. So you got to yeah, follow yeah. them all. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, I think he's less mean. And I know this is going to sound strange to you, Adam, but he's more the voice of reason in your life. Oh, I, I don't need that. I know. <laughs> we'll get from, there when we get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We still got like a thousand more calls. Speaking of all which, right. thank you for calling, Pat. Yeah, good, good talking to you, bud. Next call. Hey, fellas. Um, it is longtime listener, first-time caller, frequent Joe DMer, hence why I have the secret voicemail number. Oh. It's that girl from the bog packing the hog, the trans femme trash fire herself, Sea Hag Stefani, or just Stefani, or Steph if we're close. But anyway, I know there's a lot of overlap between this show's audience and Stink Sheets' audience, so I'm sure most of you probably have heard it by now, but if you haven't, I made an appearance on the most recent episode over there, and it was really fun hanging out with those boys, goofing off. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Um, and I'm not just here to, you know, drop a cheap plug for that, although, you know, I might as well while I'm here, right? I also feel the need to issue a couple of corrections oh first off at uh, some point in the episode the question was asked if you oiled up everybody in the aw roster and had them do a big old booty twerk off who would win <laughs> and i said uh, i thought the obvious answer daddy ass billy gun and i still think that's a pretty good answer but i also kind of forgot that sunny kiss works there so yeah, that's who I think would really win that. But I want to know what you guys think, Joe, Adam. Who do you think would win a uh, all-out oiled-up booty twerk off between the whole AEW locker room? And secondly, I want to say to our friend Young Ed over at, well, formerly of Pod Van Dam and futurely of Hayabusa, um, I guess your your future coworker there on the soon-to-be-named network. You know, at one point, we kind of accused him of plagiarism. And I'm not saying it's out-and-out plagiarism. I mean, it's not the most original idea in the world to mix space ghosts and wrestling. But I do think it's kind of convenient that the night before he recorded that show with Kurt, me and him hung out at a wrestling show, and I told him how cool that combination would be. So (laughs) I'm not saying I invented the idea. It's not like this earth-shattering thing. 
I'm just saying I planted the seed. And, you know, maybe in return, Ed could plant his seed all up in my... You know what? Never mind. Love you guys. And, yeah, I don't really have a funny sign-off, so bye. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Stefani. Um, I think I, I, this is one of those things where I relate to Ed, where I'm very much in the moment, you know? Uh-huh. Where if I'm having a conversation with someone or something happened, and then I go and I talk into a microphone... Um, like if it happened or the conversation happened with the last like five to six hours, it's going to be very front in my head, you know? Uh huh. And I, I don't think that Ed intentionally plagiarized that, but I definitely uh, appreciate Stefani for calling Ed out for being an unoriginal bastard. <laughs> One time I mentioned earlier where I go for the AEW pay-per-views, maybe the last pay-per-view I referred to Jade Cargill as hot Goldberg. Right. And it, it made the entire room laugh. And I took full credit for that. You know, suck it. <laughs> we need wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam, what's your thoughts on the, uh, greased up full, uh, booty twerk off. There? Uh, this might be the best call question ever. I, I feel like this is in my wheelhouse. Thank you, Stefani. Um, Obviously, I'm going to have to go with the face of, of women's wrestling, Joe. The face? Uh, uh, damn right, the face. She's this. There has never been somebody in the history of anything that is more qualified for the task at hand. Uh, yeah, th- I'm going full Tay Conti on this. Tay Mello. All right. All right. Uh, uh, my pick uh, is Ricky Starks. Oh, Underrated. Bony-ass well, mofo. <laughs> no, listen, Adam, I'm going to say this. I, I watch a lot of AEW content. I watch, like, the little control centers and stuff that they put up uh-huh. um, before Dynamite. And they had one with Ricky Starks. And it was after the match at Jericho. And they have him walking backstage. And the first five seconds of it is just them lingering on his <laughs> ass in his tights with one of his butt cheeks, like, almost completely hanging out. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, I never knew what a big ass he's got, you know? All right. I mean, I, I don't fault you, you know, at all, but like, I, I never noticed it and uh, I stick with my answer. Right. And again, that's very much in the moment because I literally just looked at Ricky Stark's ass like two days ago, you know? Yeah. And I, I definitely don't have any photos of, of ta- never mind. <laughs> Remember that episode where I just had that picture up the whole time we recorded? <laughs> I was the most distracted I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much again for your call, Stefani. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. Thank you. Next call. Hey, Joe and Adam, what's happening? It's Kenny. I hope you're feeling well. You guys are enjoying the week. Um, Cutting straight to the chase. Uh, Texas Death Mass on Sunday was chef's kiss. I mean, the chains, the bricks, the the blood spattering out of Hangman's head as he got stabbed with a fork over and over again. Ah, it was great. It was tremendous. Wonderful. Uh, Let's see, what else happened? Uh... If you, if Paul thought he was cool when a bunch of Ring of Honor guys, like, were, uh, positioned properly on, uh, some NXT show a bunch of years ago and Russell Reddick sent him a fruit basket, uh, I would say the entirety of 80s wrestling Twitter would do much more than a fruit basket if Paul himself rounded, uh, rounded up Savio Vega and went down to Puerto Rico, had bad buddy ride shotgun, and they go find Victor Gonzalez, and they avenge Bruce Everybody would love that shit. 
That'd be one hell of a fruit basket, Paul. <laughs> Wink. Anyway, so uh, we're in the month of March. Six months ago was September, right? Month before that was Steel Stack Smackdown at the Lehigh Valley, where I won a skateboard deck and smashed Adam in the head with it. Six months later, I've gotten my carving skills down pretty good, and I own like a dozen skateboards. Shout out to the LVAC. Can't wait to hang out in the valley. (laughs) All right, I'm going to... I assume that's the end. I'm going to address the beginning and the end of that. I'll let you handle the middle that I didn't understand. We obviously didn't talk about the Texas death match, um, but obviously it, we could have. I thought it was a phenomenal match. Yeah. The only thing that I'm not 100% like hooked on is the fact that it looks like it's going to continue. Like I like the Blackpool Combat Club kind of turning into just dicks and i'm fine with mox turning heel along with them but the fact that now they're beating up the dark order and then hangman comes out like we're gonna get more and it's one of those things where yeah why wouldn't i want more of a great thing but let moxley go on vacation let hangman do something else i i just want a little bit of a mix-up of what's going on so i don't know like match was great though but I'm, I don't know if I'm 100% bought into what's next. And, uh, yeah, we absolutely need to have another Steel Sacks. Uh, hopefully I'll see you, Kenny, at Let's Hang Out on April 22nd. Uh, Got to give you your receipt for that busting me hard way with that skateboard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously uh, Kenny mentioned Steel Stacks Smackdown. And uh, it's one of those things where when I was doing the commentary live, I just couldn't get the words out correctly. And it was killing me because I kept fucking it up so much. But now that the show's not going on, I could say it perfectly all the time. Um, I did. I don't, I'm not sure if we mentioned last week that they did announce a Sokol's return date on April 22nd. I think it broke like right after we recorded the next day or something like that. Officially, like we might have yeah. gotten the Iggy a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was another Steel Stack SmackDown show this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was another drive-in show. Um, looks like most of the shows are happening on Saturdays or Sundays this year. Um, you know, so, man, you know, LVAC's, uh, back, baby. No, not a ton of definitive dates, lots of things penciled in. Uh, only the penned in date is, uh, April 22nd. Uh, I was told of what one of the marquee matchups are going to be. Uh, me and Mantis were around the pool on Saturday, uh. <laughs> Putting some names together, you know? All right, so tell me off air. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so thanks for the call, Kenny. Yeah, absolutely. Good, t- good hearing from you, sir. Next call. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Jayhawk. Uh, so in w- watching some old wrestling and thinking about some comments Brucey made, Brucey's always talking about how if Terry Taylor would have just embraced the Red Rooster gimmick that he could have gotten it over. But because... Taylor didn't like it. It didn't work. Now, my take's a little bit deeper than that. The entire gimmick is that when Terry Taylor signs with Bobby Heenan, Terry Taylor is average guy, average speed, average strength, average ability. So Bobby Heenan gives him the name the Red Rooster. Almost like a rib. They go about three months with this. Taylor... Turns on Bobby Heenan, a very well-done face turn. 
We get the attack on primetime with Steve Lombardi attacking Terry, uh, attacking the rooster. Because Heenan's now going to take Steve Lombardi, call him the Brooklyn Brawler, and take a guy who won maybe 10 matches in his entire career and have him beat Terry Taylor, Red Rooster, to prove how great a man Drew Body Heenan is. Now, my take has always been that if Terry Taylor would have come out and said, I'm not going to be the Red Rooster, that's the stupid name that Bobby Heenan gave me, my name is Terry Taylor, it probably would have worked. Instead, not only does he keep the name that the manager he just turned on gave him, basically like an insult, well, this guy's really not that good, but then he starts curling like a rooster and gives himself a red mohawk. Why would anybody think this was a good idea, including Grooski? I don't get it. So I guess my question to you guys is, is there a gimmick or an angle you can think of that you thought probably would have worked if they would have gone the logical direction with it, but then they went so far out of left field and did something completely stupid that I had no prayer. All right, I will talk to you guys next week, and Joe and I talk about Jeff Jarrett winning the international title from Orange Cassidy. Actually, I don't know if that's a sure thing, because he can get Orange Cassidy, but anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. I feel like this call, and thank you, Jayhawk, uh, we play your calls, unlike Charlie Butters censoring me from your show. Um, I feel like this call is about Brucey, uh, at least first and foremost, so I'm going to let you field this, Joe, while I try to think of something. It was just Brucey's 60th birthday this past week. Okay. Uh, he looks great for him. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, like if you look at Brucey, like we talked about it last week, on the homework, spoiler for the homework that's over on the Patreon and stuff, but they showed a shot of Brucey in, like, 97 backstage at SummerSlam, and, like, Brucey looked like shit. He looked horrible. And, mm. like, now at 60, like, he looks like an older man, but he looks, like, much healthier in 2023 than he did in 1997, so kudos to Brucey. Um, I think they did the Red Rooster gimmick backwards. Um... They should have come out where he's Terry Taylor, he's just a guy, and he's a heel. Bobby takes him in, and Bobby gives him the Red Rooster gimmick. Not renames him the Red Rooster, but makes him dye the hair, makes him crow, makes him do all that shit, right? And, like, at first, Terry Taylor's, like, half-assing it, right? And then maybe he starts doing it in matches, and it starts to get, like, a positive reaction. So now Bobby's telling him not to do it. But So now, to piss Bobby off... He's doing it even more, okay? Okay. So you do the turn, the same way that you do the turn, he brings in Brooklyn Brawler, and unfortunately, like, the angle kind of ends there. They should have kept the, and, like, Rooster gets his hands on Bobby, like, right after the match at WrestleMania 5, right? Yep. So what should have happened was, Rooster beats Brawler at WrestleMania 5, but he's beaten down a little bit, or Bobby, like, waffles him with a chair, and then Bobby, like, humiliates him, right? Like, Terry Taylor is thrown, like, when he turns, he's like, I'm not the Red Rooster anymore, I'm Terry Taylor, whatever. Bobby waffles him with a chair after the match, and then puts the shit on him. Like, puts the red shit in his hair, puts the beak on him, and is like, you're the Red Rooster for the rest of your life, and humiliates him. So Terry Taylor's like, you know what? You call me the Red Rooster for the rest of my life. I'm going to be the best Red Rooster in the world. And I'm going to show you, Bobby Heenan, that not only 
can I make the Red Rooster bigger than what you thought I was? But I'm also going to beat every member of your family, okay? And obviously, like, at the time, it's like Haku and Rick Rude. There's no fucking way Terry Taylor should be beat any of those guys, right? But we yeah. get a bunch of slip on a banana peel things like that. And then Bobby's like, there's no way you could do it, so on and so forth. And we culminate it, let's say it's SummerSlam, because that's like your pay-per-view cycle back then, where um, they did it on house shows at the time, where, like, Ultimate Warrior would wrestle Bobby Heenan, and, like, they would be weasel suit matches. You oh, do yeah. a de- you do a deal where it's Terry Taylor versus Bobby Heenan or whomever, and it's Bobby Heenan has to get, like, in a chicken suit, right? Not Kurt yeah. Angle's chicken suit, a different chicken suit. <laughs> and then, like, like that's your blow-off, and, like, I thought, I think you could have got that angle over. And listen, there's no such thing as a bad character or a bad angle. There's only bad creative, really. Like, I think with the right creative, like, fake Razor and fake Diesel could have worked, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You know, yeah. a lot of times we fantasy book stuff and we, we, you know, we're not unique in this. A lot of people fantasy book stuff and it's it's better than what actually happens on television, you know? Yeah, because we know the wrong things that they did, you know? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jayhawk. Thank you, Jayhawk. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Uh, all right. So I was watching NXT, watching the main event, and... While I was sure Roxanne Perez was not injured, I was at least buying into it. You know, I was like, this is interesting. This is neat. You know, where are they going with this? What's happening next? You know, I I was rolling with it. I was very interested in the story. You know, I was suspending my disbelief. Everything was going well until Shawn Michaels tried to put on the oxygen. And then I was just like, well, he just killed it. Tiny move overall meant nothing, and he absolutely killed the moment that they were going for there. So my question for the week is any time while watching wrestling where a tiny, insignificant overall thing filled the moment, you know, a, a dumb look, someone in the background, someone putting oxygen on the wrong way or a neck bracer, you know, whatever it is. Um, just something that is very tiny compared to the overall plot and what's going on, but destroys it. All right, that's it. I have to run into a science fair. So let's see if I can learn something. Bye, guys. Um, thank you, Kevin. I think I feel like this is kind of what he was alluding to, but this always gets me. Whenever somebody is selling uh, like a neck injury or a concussion or something like that, and you have the medical staff come in and they're not stabilizing the neck before they move the guy, I'm always like, okay, well, now I don't believe it because, you know, watching like football or whatever, you do not move that guy until you have like the foam on both sides of their head. And then you, you know, very gently put them on the board. The object is to not move them. But then when you see in wrestling, obviously, they'll just be like, oh, let's just drag the guy out of the ring. And, you know, he's he's pantomiming being knocked out. Like, that's not how any of that works. So as soon as I see that, I'm like, okay, that's a work. Yeah, I, I remember we talked about it earlier when they did the stretcher job with Wardlow and MJF, and they put the oxygen thing on Max upside down. Yeah, <laughs> it was like on his chin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm like, too high up or too come low. on, guys. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we're going to do stuff like this, let's rehearse it. Um, I'm trying to think, like, did I buy... Um, oh man, is there anything? I'm trying to think if there's one that kind of like took me out of whatever the angle is. And I don't want to say like, oh, I'm too smart. They never got me. But there were times that they got me with stuff. 
Um, but more times than not, it was like real injuries that I thought weren't real. Um, and then I'm like, oh shit, that guy's really hurt, you know? Um, yeah. It's a lot of stuff like that. I can't think of a specific example, but uh, I'll get back to you, Kevin, I promise. Yeah, if you want to see like a, an injury done right where nobody is able to uh, point out any flaws, just look at when Shawn Michaels collapsed in the ring against Owen. Like, that's a masterclass. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I definitely think they don't do the neck stabilization, but like they do get him to come to and he does leave under his own power. Yeah. But they don't show that on the live raw. They show that on the syndicated TV the following week. So at least what we see on TV, um, at the very least, I say when it comes to stuff like this, um, if you're going to try to do a fake shoot injury angle, less is more, you know, I, with Roxana Perez, as you mentioned, like they show Sean putting the oxygen mask on her. They show her them taking her through the backstage, load her into the ambulance and taking her out of the, you know, taking her away. Right. Uh. It, it should have just been less is more like and they kind of just ended the show even with like just Booker T coming in the ring, you know, and then maybe film a bunch of stuff or don't even film some stuff. Let the fans who were there film stuff and let that leak out, you know. So you have like this like shitty cell phone footage of what happened, and then you get people thinking and talking. But when you have like tons of angles, high quality HD of this, I'm not buying it. Yeah, didn't they do something like that in NXT with Kyle O'Reilly where people were like, "Oh my God, he had like a seizure," and all you had was the Twitter footage, and then it turned yeah. out it was a work. Yeah, you know, because they never really shot it with the hard cam. Right. It was just one of those things where, like, he took a shot on the outside and then he just, like, collapsed and laid there while the match continued. And, yeah, it was something of that, uh, akin to that. Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank All you, right. Kevin. Next call. Hey, guys, it's Tim. Hope we're doing good. Hope we're doing well. Um, I didn't really have anything to say, but I just wanted to say... Love you guys. Thank you for all you do. Uh, such an enjoyable show every week. Appreciate you guys. Kiss your homies. And I guess I'll ask a question. Do you all have a favorite wrestling conspiracy theory? Um, I feel like Final Wrestling Place kind of touched on it a lot and, and piggybacking off of, uh, Mr. Pig's appearance on, uh, Wrestling Cheers. I'm curious if you guys have any tinfoil hat moments that deal with wrestling and conspiracy theories. Uh, again, love you guys. And hopefully I'll see you guys at uh, LVAC in a couple of months or maybe like a month and a half. I don't know. Dates are weird. All right. Bye guys. Um, obviously Tim is referring to Mr. Pig's conspiracy theory about the Montreal screw job being a inside job with Brett also being in on it. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I was not bought in, but he makes a compelling argument across all of the media platforms that I've heard him talk about. It. So <laughs> I might be sold on that. Um, I don't know if I have my own, um, but I will say Mr. Tim did not plug it, but I watched on the North South north south connections youtube he had ranked all of mark from texas's wrestlemania matches mm -hmm. and kind of put them like as either a tier b tier c tier and i'm not an undertaker guy but like i found it really enjoyable so definitely go check that out yeah uh, I, oh good i was gonna say i found it really enjoyable as well i know tim is 
Uh, still, and listen, I used to be uh, a Mark from Texas guy, but uh, you know, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't like Benoit anybody, but uh, I don't know. He's he's not. He hasn't been doing himself any favors over the last like seven to five years, you know. Yeah, but no, I I could not have done like that. Was like a half hour of talking into the microphone. Like I would have had it would have been such an edit job that you would have had to bring in industrial light and magic to, yeah. to make that like as good as Tim's was. So uh, good on him. But I don't know. Do you have a conspiracy thing that's not the Montreal screw job? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, you know, there's um, and again, there's conspiracy theories that Vern Gagne paid Iron Sheik like X amount of money to legit break Hulk Hogan's leg in their match at Madison Square Garden. Okay. Um, the only person who's perpetrated that lie is the Iron Sheik, who's not a trustworthy person to begin with. The problem is, is that so many people in wrestling are not trustworthy people. Yeah. Um, Jesse Ventura tells a story that he tried to unionize um, the WWE at WrestleMania 2 in that he tried to convince Bundy to walk out. Well, um, Jesse Ventura is a big conspiracy theory guy, even like saying that the, the towers had thermite paint. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know? So Jesse <laughs> always has been a conspiracy theory sort of guy, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say my favorite is that WWE purposely allowed Vince Russo to go to WCW to destroy oh, the company from within. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot about that one. That's my favorite, but my second favorite, inspired by Tim's video, is uh, the fact that people have convinced themselves that the uh, third, the Hell in the Cell, Undertaker, uh, Triple H match from WrestleMania is good. That match <laughs> sucks shit. <laughs> I don't know about that, but all right. Right. Thank you, Mr. Tim. Thank you for your call. It's pink button time, Adam. Are you ready for Ed? <sighs> yeah. All right. Ooh. Ooh. God damn it. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, it's like the phone snuck up. So, <laughs> I was just thinking, right, about Gay White, uh, for some reason, and like how he's probably leaving New Japan for WWE, and they'll change his name for sure. Mm, that's good. And um, I was just thinking about how Eddie Kingston had an uh, NXT tryout, right? And if they would have signed him, like, I know at that time they weren't in the process of, like, changing people's names because, like, Roddy got to keep his and, like, Leo Rush is still Leo Rush. But, like, Eddie Kingston for sure would have had to, right? Because they're weird about people having the same name. They already have Kofi Kingston. So I want to know, off the top of your head, what do you think Eddie's WWE name would have been? <laughs> um, I have no idea. Also, I, I work with a guy that's like uh, half-assed into wrestling, and when I told him that Eddie Kingston was in Chikara, it like blew his mind because he said, isn't that the one with like the stupid fucking ants and like superpowers and shit? I said, yeah, he just couldn't fathom the idea of Eddie Kingston um, being in that company <laughs> with Anne and, like, the Eye of Tear and stuff, which I guess is funny if you think about it. Like, all you know is AEW Eddie Kingston. That's a funny thing. Yeah, what do you guys think his WWE name would be? I don't have any ideas. I'm all out of them. Yesterday was a lot for me. 
I'm mean on Twitter to wrestlers, I guess. <laughs> K by E. I just Googled a random name generator, and it's asking me like a thousand questions, so I'm just choosing the first one on every one of them. <laughs> and it came up Daddy Mac Poops. <laughs> So obviously that's not a good one, and this was not a good website, but it was worth uh, worth reading off. I don't know. What's a terrible NXT name for Eddie Kingston? So um, I know there was a period of time when he was an impact, and they called him just King. I think they would have just called him King, if anything. Now, I feel like they would have given him a terrible first and last name, and then we would have gotten used to it, and then you would have lost one of them when he went to the main roster. It would have been like Bobby King, <laughs> you know, and then he would have went to the main roster and it would have just been Bobby. <laughs> they would have lost the better part of it. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Braun Steiner <laughs> would have been his name. I'm trying to think. They, um, oh, man. So there's, I was thinking because Eddie's a Yankees guy, I was thinking that he would pick, um, like a name of a Yankee from like the 70s or 80s. But then, like, I'm thinking, like, now Thurman Munson's a little too on the nose. A Don Mattingly aping is too on the nose. Like, it would have been, like, Reggie Mattingly. (laughs) It's like Lesnar Guerrero. Right. I don't know. Good question, Ed. And hopefully, uh, hopefully your next call won't at all be mean to me. All right. Let's see. I think it's the next one. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. I just want to call back to say that I'm, I'm having an all-time great Twitter day today. I want to brag. I'm doing great today, and I'm not hurting anybody's feelings that's just, except Ronnie Racky, and that's fine. That's an okay thing to do. You can do that. Uh, he's not a real person. Right. I, first, I'm in this thread for two days with my pal, Frank Thorpe, who's definitely not getting scammed by Liv Morgan. It's for real Liv Morgan that he's sending Amazon <laughs> gift cards to. And this guy uh, threatens to dox me, and then he starts sending me shit from Ed Bannister's Facebook. <laughs> so that rules, right? And then some weirdo in a conversation like me and Shayna Baszler uh, just writes something creepy to Shayna, and then I get to fire off a joke on that, and that rules. And then I go to my break, and Ronnie fucking Racky is being a fucking dipshit again, so I just get to fire off Ronnie Racky jokes. This has just been the best. I'm so happy right now. This has been a 10 out of 10. We turn this right around, baby. 180. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Love it. You know Ed is having a good Twitter day when somebody who had previously blocked him unblocks him to tell him to stop being a jerk. <laughs> so I saw, like, Ed's been on a hot streak the last couple of days, and good for him. Lots of Taco Bell. Well well earned and deserved. Um, but I saw, like, I might have been Ziggy. Ziggy Heim was like, hey, you might want to ste- step it back a little bit. And there was, like, a rare moment of self-awareness from Ed where he was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe I have been tweeting too much. And when I saw that, I was like, I hate every bit of this. Ziggy, you're the best, but you do not stand in the way of Ed and his Twitter. He is a good boy doing the Lord's work. Let him go. <laughs> you and I might be talking about the same thing there, uh, Adam. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. This is Ed's last call. It's just the way they come in. I don't organize these calls. This might be the one where he's mean to Adam. We'll see. Oh. 
Hey, say it again. I, I, I had to call back. I wasn't going to, but I have to. Listen, I, I listened to Wrestling Cheers. Everybody did great. Nice job, man. But I, got, I heard something on there, and I need to fucking address it. Are you fucking telling me Matt Cardona is mean to you in a Facebook group? Is that fucking for real? Are you shitting me, Adam? Listen, I'll, I'll get to you later. I want to focus on Matt Cardona right now. Who is Matt Cardona to be mean to fucking fans? Because he's lucky to have any. Are you <laughs> shitting me? This guy was like hot for like four months and did fuck all after that. Uh, in five years, he's going to be lucky to have a fucking table at WrestleCon. He's just going to be sitting by his phone waiting for fucking the man that told him, like yelled at him about his hair dye in Madison Square Garden, waiting for that fucking big nose fuck to give him an irony booking in the Royal Rumble. This is fucking insane that this guy has the gall to be mean to what little fans he's tricked into thinking that he is anything at all. No offense, Adam. But why would you want to anger any of these man children, no offense, Adam, at all? He's so lucky to have them. And I'll give you, Adam. Adam, why are you letting this man be mean to you? Are you shitting me? Do you think twice is mean to me? Do you think they go on the internet and fucking shit young says mean shit to me? It doesn't happen. They treat once so well. Once is what they call their fans. All right? Listen. He doesn't even, Cardona doesn't even do the, uh, the parasocial relationship thing right. You think Candy Lee is mean to me? No. She's nice to me. So that way I think that we're friends and I'll buy shit that she releases. That's how it works. What a fucking boob that Cardona is. Good lord. Adam, don't let this man be mean to you. Next time you're at a show, come to AIW where he is. Throw that fucking jacket back in his face. Tell him he hasn't been shit his entire career until Nick Gage made something out of him. It's all been diminishing returns since then. Matt fucking Cardona, are you shitting me? He's... I can't even, I can't even fucking function. This is insane to me. The Adam, you let that, he's fucking orange, Adam. He's orange. You let an orange man be, never, never, never in a million years. Are you shitting me, Adam? Come on. Do better. I love you. Tough love, tough love. Oh, Ed Cody, star of Hayabusa, a wrestling adjacent podcast, coming soon to the soon to be named network. Oh man, uh, I you know what? I, I cannot argue with any of that. I loved every second of it. Uh, you really make me question some of my life decisions. Ed, I'm gonna have a lot of introspection after that. Great call, man. Great call. I, I don't want to say that Ed was reading from my dream journal, <laughs> but I'm gonna say that I think. Um, you know, me and Ed might have, uh, you know, like a lot of times, like, you know, like Stefani mentioned before, like, oh, naturally just come upon like that idea about the space ghost meets wrestling. I'm sure there's other people out there that have uh, similar feelings in regards to you and Broski and, uh, you know, just aren't willing to speak it to you. Yeah, no, that's no, fine. I, I was actually uh, I forget what it was. Something reminded me of uh, it might have been when you were suggesting that I book Jericho or not Jericho, Jeff Jarrett versus Effie on the wrestling cheers. And I said, I can't do Jarrett. Yeah. And it made me think about when like Broski was wrestling, you know, uh, Effie and wrestling Janela and wrestling X-Pac and Nick Gage and GCW. And now he's just like wrestling like students who just graduated and he's losing to him. And I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, 
there was a time when he was AIW champ, NWA champ, and GCW champ, and Moxley was in GCW, and now he's like doing like country jamborees and like <laughs> losing the people. I was like, I think he, the that indie run is definitely on the downside of the the the, the hill. <laughs> Well, listen, when the uh, the retro two-pack comes out to commemorate the two-year anniversary of the only good match that Broski's had in his entire life, <laughs> I'm sure you'll buy it. I will. <laughs> right. So, you know, and it all evens out, right? Exactly. But, no. Uh, Ed, I expected much worse. I thought that was a lovely call. I loved it. <laughs> so, hey, thanks to everyone who called in. Uh, again, of course, uh, would be remiss not to mention uh, a couple ways that you could support us. Uh, head over to our T Public store. The sale is going on this weekend, 35% off. A bunch of different designs um, inspired by this show and some of the other shows in the soon-to-be-named network. Uh, go sign up for independentwrestling.tv, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Um, use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. does not give you anything free up front, but it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. And if you continue your subscription there uh, with them, we get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, Just this past Wednesday, they released the second episode of What Goes Around, uh, co-hosted by The Struggles and Brandon Kirk. And the guest on the show was Jerry himself. Uh, I watched it. I stayed up way past my bedtime when it came out. I was, like, done editing uh, Longbox Heroes. And I'm like, oh, I can go to bed. And then that popped up on my feed. I'm like, Shit, I gotta watch this, right? You know? Yeah. Um, it was really good. They spin a wheel, um, and a bunch of different things come up. A lot of old school Chikara talk. They delve deep into Jerry's flirtation, becoming a professional bowler. Um, okay. and them talking about this inspired Jerry to go back and pick up bowling again, and then just like on a whim, on a f- last Friday, he bowled a 300 game. Oh, alright. Um, but, uh, you know, I have nitpicks, you know, um, if you're a host of a show or a co-host of a show, um, I personally feel, and this is just my opinion, um, that you should uh, pick, uh, like, you should talk into the microphone, especially if it's right in front of you, and you should also pay attention to your, to your <laughs> subject. Just nitpicks, right? Like I said, I'm not saying, un- maybe unrelated to this, maybe related to this, uh, but I also have it on very good authority. Um that uh, there's that um, th- they, the people that edit this and put this out and everything else, all were attempting to spell Jerry's name incorrectly. Like all these motherfuckers that spell it with a G and that are wrong. That it's Jerry, J E R R Y. That's the way that it's been for 25 fucking years. And now all of a sudden, for the last couple of years, everyone's like, oh, Jerry with a G. And Jerry's like, no, I'm not going to put it up on the thing unless you guys fix that lower third and spell my name correctly. So, <laughs> vindication. Cation. It's Jerry. So, all you motherfuckers with your G H E R I and your everything else, you're all wrong. The man himself, there's an interview segment with him on his own goddamn streaming service where his name is spelled correctly. The way that the old heads, me, <laughs> Dan Champion, Lucky, OC, all those people. That's Jerry, not whoever the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> but go watch it. It was fun. All right. 
I will say one other way you can support the show is obviously our Patreon. And since the last time we recorded, uh, not only has there been some positive reaction about our show homework, which uh, was about Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows, more on homework in just a second, uh, but, Joe, I think the thing that has gotten the most positive feedback yet has been the first Joe Sposto selfie that, that we uploaded. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Joe Sposo, like you've never seen him before. And, and by that, I mean without a hat. It was uh, <laughs> it took the, the world of of pay content by storm. And uh, obviously, by the time our next episode drops, our next episode of the regular show, there will be another episode of Vintage at Odds because that will drop on the 15th. But going back to what I was saying, Joe, homework. What will be the next homework discussed on our Patreon? So the next homework is going to be the January 17th, 2000 episode of Monday Nitro, the night after sold-out pay-per-view. Chris Benoit, after a series of injuries, just finally achieved um, the boyhood dream. No, no, not murdering his wife and child, but winning the World Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. And I'm sure the entire episode of Nitro is going to be a big celebration for Benoit winning that title. Nothing else has happened in the 24 hours from the time the pay-per-view ended to the time uh, that this Nitro was taking place. Now, I will say uh, this uh, episode of Nitro is available on the cock. uh, But if you do not have the cock or you want to watch it in its original glory with none of the music changed and maybe some commercials left in. I think we might have a Dropbox link that you could access through the Patreon. I think our patrons will definitely be getting access to that. For sure. And uh, you could always ask, right? Um, (laughs) You know, it'll be in there until the next homework. Let's say that. (laughs) No, Joe, you will not give this out for free. This is a new Patreon exclusive. (laughs) Uh, Well, again, you're going to have to give me some of that money to expand my uh, storage space on my uh, Dropbox then. How about that? Oh, no, I don't mean about deleting it. I'm just saying, like, if uh, people reaching out directly to you to get... Oh, the, yeah. Like, well, I, have, I typically have to do it anyway, you know? Um, yeah. The movie, most of the World Wrestling Entertainment movies that you assign are not readily available on most streaming services. <laughs> not even their own fucking streaming <laughs> service, right? It's because it's too good to hide behind, like, an $8 a month thing, Right. You know? It should all but. be on fucking Tubi and be happy about it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, long story short, we'll have that up on our Patreon and uh, a lot of content dropping on there. Thanks to everybody that subscribed. Absolutely. And uh, hey, you could also help us out by making any of your eBay purchases through our eBay affiliate links. You know, there's a link over at AtOddsWrestling.com. Uh, there's going to be a link to the affiliate stuff through the show post that goes up with every single one of these episodes. Yeah, it's not the same as Amazon. Amazon does. Uh, Amazon has everything. Um, you know, eBay has everything, but it's more niche stuff. You're making offers, you're making deals, you're looking for, you know, uh, I just saw somebody talking about those old 1986, uh, giant glasses, like with the WWE wrestlers on them. Those probably aren't on eBay or those are probably aren't on Amazon, but those most definitely are on eBay. And, uh, when you make a purchase like that through eBay and you use our affiliate link, we get a cut of the fucking money. Yeah. There you go. So happy that's back. Thank you. <laughs> I had to figure out a way to work it in, you know? Perfect. Um, so mention that, mention that, mention that. 
Uh, we mentioned earlier that Let's Hang Out LVAC is back on the 22nd of April. No match is announced yet, but when more concrete information is available, you will uh, find it here, you know? Yep. Do you have anything to purge? Um, yeah, actually, I do have some purges. Um, so thank you for reminding me. So I had, are they in my notes? They should be in my notes. Yes. Uh, so on Saturday, uh, Cornette put out a thing that he was opening up his cameos for the weekend. How many did you get? None. But (laughs) he said, one hour from now, a limited number of personalized videos go on sale. This will be the last batch offered for a few months at least, so you can get your ass chewing while you can. Because <laughs> there's nothing I want more than to have my ass eaten out by Cornette. Um, yeah, how- I'd prefer him to do syrup or jelly uh, when he's doing so. Um, and I took a screenshot of that, and I was sending that to people, and I was making jokes about it, right? What does a Cornette cameo cost? Oh, I have no fucking clue. In didn't happen to, like, no. here to the grapevine now? No. All right. Um, and then Ian Riccoboni took a picture uh, that he found out in the wild of Mike and Ike flavored peeps. Okay. And he said the only way that this could get more Lehigh Valley is if Dan Champ was eating them in a Mack truck shirt at Sokol's while Mantis played a Martin guitar and Bud Carson drove up in a car from Roth. Roth Rock dealership after a trip to the Westgate Mall while listening to 99.9 The Hawk. <laughs> and I know Mantis doesn't have um, Twitter anymore. He had deleted his his account, so I screenshotted that and sent that to him. Uh-huh. Um, and he said, in league with Bud Carson, I finally made my mark in the Lehigh Valley pro wrestling world. <laughs> All right. But I can get rid of those. That, that's good. I, I, I like that. So uh, if you don't have anything else, I think it's time to get to the best part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe. I have a couple things. I'll do a couple quick ones and then I'll throw it over to you. Uh, I purchased at our local comic shop, and I'm sure you've seen these many times before. I'm going to shoot you a text message so you have it. But the Marvel Legends figures that are carded, not on a box. They're kind of like the vintage style. Yeah. But I got uh, a Dark Phoenix Marvel Legends figure. Uh, just I always liked like the original uh, Kenner or whoever made the Toy Biz, Toy Biz back in the 90s. Like I had the uh, Dark Phoenix and Phoenix back then, so I liked those. So when I saw this one come out, I was like, all right, Dave, I'm, get, I'm getting that one from the shop. Um, so I got that, and I also pre-ordered. Uh, I felt like this was covered last week, but I had to check my email, and it did happen Friday. I pre-ordered the ringside exclusive MJF versus CM Punk Blood and Guts dog collar match two-pack. Right, I think the pre-order for that went up over the weekend. They were doing the preview of it with 
uh, Marky and the crew, right? Yep. Yeah, and Uno and Danhausen. Yeah, right. so I pre- I pre-ordered that, uh, and I, I bought a Defender, like an AEW Defender, just to get the uh, price point over sixty bucks, so I can get free shipping. Gotcha. <laughs> now you you, you, you mentioned the Dark Phoenix figure, right? Yeah, and I sent it to you. You did send it to me. Now I have the Bagman one that's on the Marvel superheroes carded ones. Yep. You know how like the X Men ones had their own like look. And then there were the Marvel superhero ones that had more of the gray look. And then I'm sure you saw today that they just put out a bunch of Spider-Man ones. Yeah, yeah, I saw those. Adam, do I need the Ben Riley Spider-Man and Ben Riley uh, Chasm ones of those? I don't know what Chasm is. Chasm is the current, um, in the current storylines. And when I say current, I mean like as of like two months ago. Um, heel turn Ben Riley uh, figure. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Um, did you have them like the original Toy Biz no, versions? No, because there weren't Toy Biz versions of well, Ben in that suit, and Chasm is like a character that was introduced in the comics like six months ago. Yeah, no, I get you on that one. Uh, there was a Ben Riley Toy Biz with the hoodie. I don't know if his costume is was that right? That's the one. The, the Toy Biz one was the one with the hoodie. No, 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 no. There, there was based on when when Peter Parker and uh, Redhead uh, Mary Jane, Mary Jane went off when they, when they were like, okay, we're leaving New York, and Ben, you are now Spider Man, and there was that Ben Riley Spider Man when they started like Sensational Spider Man number one. That yeah. costume, there was a toy biz of that because I had it. Hmm. So I get to, I mean, obviously, you know, you say you didn't have it. I, I just know for a fact that it did exist um, 1,000%. So for me, like, I had the original, like, maybe I would want the new one. I don't know. But, yeah, there it is on the screen. I had that mint on card, and I sold it to Comics on the Green for, like, a nickel when I did my big purge, and I regret, like, so many of those. Um, see if you can find a mint on card one because I remember it was a it was like a unique line like it might have been like a KB exclusive. Hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, see, see there's any... the ten inch. Yeah. Uh no, the no, is that it? Maybe. Marvel? Oh no, it says Marvel Legends. It was definitely that costume. It looked exactly like that, but what you're seeing there is a Legends, but it was. I'll find one and I'll send it to you. Okay. But as far as you needing it, and you might want to, while we're talking, sort by uh, new. You're seeing a lot of Lucy's there. Go ahead. Yeah, there's, well, there's a little condition tab that you can also do. But um, I really like these legends that are carded because they still have plastic windows. And they're not the stupid boxes that you can't see in. Right. Um, that's why I was thinking, do I need them? You know? Yeah. I don't know if you need them, but there's no reason why not to get them. And plus, I'm kind of interested in this heel turn Ben Riley thing you're talking mm-hmm. about. How long ago did that happen? Oh, within the last like six months, like his his storyline just wrapped up. They did a crossover with the X Men, so like it was kind of an unsatisfying conclusion because yeah. I had to read like X Men books and I wasn't doing that. I'm not a dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right, and I'm also doing my own Google search here uh, for that figure. But what uh, what have you gotten this week? So I didn't buy anything for me, but I did get something for my kid. 
Um, he, we finally got him, uh, we let the fire under his ass to, like, reorganize and straighten up his room and stuff, because he has, like, a ton of shit, you know, but it's, like, kind of just in a pile, and we'd got some shelves that we had put up for him, and he put them up, and a while ago, through Pokemon Center, Nintendo stores, or whatever it was, um, there were selling these things of, like, Eevee and Friends from Pokemon, it was all the different Eevee evolutions, and they're on, like, a little base, and when you get them all, it creates, like, this whole diorama thing, right? Okay. And they were coming out monthly, and I missed one, right? And for the longest time, he's like, no, I don't care. It's no big deal. You missed one. It's no big deal. You missed one. But now that he's organized his room and he has them all together, and there's just this big, giant, glaring hole of one of them that's missing, he's like, I really need that one. Um, And luckily, they're not crazy on the secondary market. Like, shipped, I got it for, like, 24 bucks, which I think is, like, $3 more than it was originally, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's coming in shortly. And then, like I said, I have one more thing. It's not a purchase, but it's, uh, something that I was very nicely gifted. But there's no better spot to talk about it than weekly purchases, right? Absolutely. Anything else you have? I thought you were going to talk about where you were gifted. Oh, I wasn't sure if you had anything else. You want me to, okay. So. Yeah, no, uh, if you got it, go ahead. I got some other stuff to talk about, though. Uh, about a week or two ago, I was contacted by friend of the show, friend of ours, uh aiw referee extraordinaire tom dunn uh he just sends me a picture in the dms and he says do you want this and i'm like what and he goes yeah i was just going through some stuff um you know i think it would go to a better home with you than it is with me so do you want it and i'm like yeah what do you want for he's like nothing i'll just send it to you right uh so what he sent me was a let me look at the year a 1995 action-packed uh world wrestling federation trading card signed by double j jeff jarrett oh and it's funny because it shows him wrestling uh mabel from SummerSlam, with <laughs> okay. the verbiage on the back is talking about a match that he had with bob sparkplug holly <laughs> a classic i'm sure so the package comes in the mail the other day and it's a much larger package than what i was expecting and when i opened it up not only did tom send me the uh trading card signed he also sent me a i'm gonna guess this has to be cer- like i well again i don't know it's probably when he was in for aiw a- uh but it's jeff um, in NWO shirt with fireworks behind him, holding up the U.S. title, and it's a signed eight by ten of Double J as well. So, uh, did you like take wedding photos down off the walls to put up the picture of Jeff Jarrett? Well, see, now I run into a problem that I have a signed card and a signed eight by ten. Like, do I need to become a signed Double J guy? Well, didn't you have the signed card from pre-ordering the uh, zombie sailor figure? I got the card. The card, only a limited number of them were signed. Not all. Oh, okay. Kevin Ford had one signed. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. (sighs) I don't know, man. I mean, you you got an 8x10. You got a card. What else is there? Because you already poo-pooed the idea of there being like Jeff Jarrett gear in your household. Well, again, two signed items is like... uh a bridge to getting gear you know <laughs> yeah maybe uh after next week uh you can not get an international championship son. 
But, uh, but um, like I said, not purchases, but definitely really cool stuff I got this week. And again, thank you very much, Tom. And these things, I'm sure, are going to skyrocket in price when he becomes <laughs> the brand new leveled up AEW International Champion sponsored by Shazam 2 Wrath of the Gods in theaters March 17th. Yeah. Uh, so and that's awesome. Uh, thank you for to uh, thank you from you to uh, Mr. Dunn. I sent you a picture. I finally found that Ben Riley Spider-Man figure from 1995. Reason why I wasn't able to find it on eBay is it's just called New Spider-Man. Okay, gotcha. So if we search for like Toy Biz, New Spider-Man, Venom Containment Gear, but you can see that figure. That's clearly Ben Riley. Very it's, clearly Ben Riley. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I used to have that one, uh, but anyways, uh, back to purchases for me. Not too many left here, but Joe, what is the absolute worst wrestling figure company ever? Um, figure story company. Uh, ding, 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 ding. So for what? Well, I don't know. Um, bits and buttons is giving them a run for their money, and they haven't even put out a figure yet. But gadgets and gizmos and gimmicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, uh, long story short, I went on wrestling figure database. I was actually trying to figure out. Uh, how many of the Ethan Page cellas there were, like if there's different versions, because I have the first one. I was thinking about getting this, the repaint, and then I saw his FTC figure, and then I ended up going to FTC's website, just kind of fucking around, you know, just looking around what they had. And it turns out FTC has a lot of their figures, like most of them are on either sale or clearance, however mm. you want to put it, for 50% off. Um, so most of them are dog shit, but I figured I would pick up the Brian Myers FTC because it was only 20 bucks. Okay. He has two different ones, um, a regular one and a variant. And I actually have the regular one already, but, uh, the variant was like completely different. I'll shoot you a picture of it as well. But again, for 20 bucks, just a random, you know, Brian Myers figure that I didn't have, you know, why not? Because if a year from now I'm like, oh, I want it, and they're not available at cost anymore, or in this case, below cost, I would end up paying more. So I said, ah, fuck it. It's an ugly figure. Maybe I'll get it signed one of these days and actually have them say on it, like, this is the worst fucking figure ever, <laughs> you know? But uh, for 20 bucks, why not, you know? Those are some bad figures. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> um, uh, one other thing, and then we're almost done. Um, I am now the proud owner of uh, a John Silver and an Anna J test shot. Oh, hey now. So uh, about maybe about half. I don't know. So halfway between when I did the bit and now it was accepted. So um, both of those 35 bucks each can't beat that for a test shot, you know, for sure. And do you have anything else purchase wise? No, I'm done. All right. I have one last thing. And Joe, uh, obviously I am one of the hardest working men in all of podcasting. And I decided that it was time to reward my efforts by, uh, speaking of leveling up, I wanted to level up the podcast studio. 
And I, I figured that was the right thing. And no, I didn't buy a new computer, even though audio editing on this piece of shit is not uh, a pleasure. Uh, I didn't buy a new microphone. My microphone's perfectly good. Maybe I thought about getting one of those like articulating arms so that I can sit back. Uh, but no, I didn't do that. I didn't buy a new chair either. This chair's kind of old, but it, it'll do for now. But Joe, the thing I bought is not for my benefit. It's for the benefit of everybody around me, and I just sent you a text. And what I mean by that is when I do a video podcast, I feel like people <laughs> need to have a better view. And for the longest time, I w- the only thing behind me was a cardboard cutout of Alexa Bliss. And I added company, Joe. And Joe, what do I have? I send it to you. Tell the people what is now behind me on the podcast. Uh, it is a uh, cardboard cutout featuring two uh, calmly young lasses uh, from their time as the Iconics in the World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. I don't know what their uh, non-gimmick names are, but uh, right there next to Alexa uh, is those two. So it's going to be uh, quite the show for your next uh, Zoom meeting when you're doing uh, an interview for your upcoming uh, lawn care job, and they see that <laughs> in the background, you know? <laughs> yeah, they definitely got to move if I do any kind of professional uh, uh, video things. But, yeah, so th- these popped up. Uh, somebody actually sent it to me because, obviously, I've been in the market for a Miss Hancock cardboard cutout, which I am just convinced does not exist. Um, there's a lot of Stacey Keebler ones, but they're always just generic. Here's Stacey on the red carpet, and nobody wants that. Uh, but these came up, and they were brought to my attention, and they were an insta-buy, or it was an instant-buy because it's just one thing. Uh, the only thing I'm not happy about is the scale, because uh, if you look at Alexa next to them, like Alexa's like three inches taller, and I don't like that. So little underwhelming on the scale. But, Joe, I just bought this for the bit. That's that. It's just for the bit, you know. Like people have their podcast studios. They, you know, they might have dolls behind them. They might have like wrestling titles. I have I have cardboard cutouts, you know, for the bit. That's all. Right, right. The bit for all the video podcasting that you do and we do, and right. <laughs> well, that's I didn't tell you that's a future tier on Patreon. Oh, is for the video version of this podcast. Uh huh. <laughs> But, Joe, that's all I have, and if you're done, I will just say that I forgot to do the plugs of the podcast that you should listen to, and those podcasts, real quick, are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, If You Catch My Grift, Hayabusa, and obviously Wrestling Cheers. Go check out my appearance there. But that's it for me, Joe. Nothing else to discuss this week, Adam? Huh. Hmm. Did something make me angry? And hey, just real quick before you get into what you're uh, talking about, from um, the person himself, uh, he said that uh, his NXT gimmick would have been that of a mechanic, and his name would have been Wrench Ford. (laughs) 
you heard it here first. That's like a, that's a good exclusive. Oh, see this when we do the social media clips of like video, a uh, little little TikTok like thirty second things, YouTube shorts. We'll put that on there. Right. <laughs> yeah, you you get you get right on that, Adam. I I, I might. Uh, Joe, I'm going to be quick about this, and I I know there was a lot of libel, a lot of slander today regarding me and regarding the major pod and all that. (laughs) Uh, I just want to go on a little bit of a, not a rant, but I I just want to point out that every single week, um, Mark Sterling does in the major group, he puts up a thing that says Major Mark Purchases of the Week, and he says, hey, if you bought something cool... Go ahead and put it in here, and we might read it on the air. And I don't contribute that often to that, but every once in a while, I'll buy something, and they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to put this in there. Most recently, I did the Brian Pillman Mint on Card Galoob. Uh, and, but, you know, obviously, you know, it, it's a Galoob. There's lots of them. They, they didn't mention that. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while, I'll throw in, hey, I got these prototypes, these test shots. They're one of ones. Uh those don't get mentioned, you know, okay, maybe, maybe Marky didn't see those. Um, you know, I bought Broski's one of one super rare purple leather jacket. I put that in there. Um, no, that, that doesn't get read. Um, no, somebody must've bought a bendy that week and, and that got top billing. Um, you know, I had bought, and this is actually one of the, the most important things in my collection from a, a major pod standpoint is I have the vest that Kurt Hawkins wore on his like return, his debut. I have the original vest in a case and it's awesome. Uh, and I, I put that in the, uh, the weekly purchases, like the, the major mark purchases. And no, that didn't get read because, uh, somebody like booked a trip to one of the live shows. Um, but you know what does get read on the air? You know, what kind of super rare, super expensive, like one of a kind once in a lifetime purchases does get read on the air, Joe. What kind, Adam? Uh, Kevin Ford went to WWE shop and bought a fucking poster. A goddamn regular, nothing super unimportant poster that anybody listening to this with 20 bucks in their pocket and an internet connection can go and fucking buy. He goes and buys a poster, and then they read it. Because, like, nobody else can buy a poster. But, oh, Kevin Ford, Mr. Everything Comes Up Millhouse for Kevin Ford. He goes and (laughs) buys a goddamn poster, puts it in there, and it's like, oh, I'm smart Mark Sterling. This guy bought a poster. I better read that on the air. And it's bullshit, Joe. I buy way better stuff, way cooler, way rarer, more way more expensive i never get read on there i never get mentioned and when i do my name said wrong it's a bunch of bullshit it's bullshit it's a conspiracy it's all kevin ford's fault uh i i'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that statement that it is kevin ford's fault first and foremost what was it a poster of i don't remember i was just too steamed <laughs> like you know, to Kevin, maybe Kevin can call in next week and explain what it was. But I, it was just like I think it was some type of like new gen era like collage of like mm. here's Macho and and Brett and stuff like that, which is it, it's cool. It's it's not fucking one of one prototype cool. It's not. Hey, I managed to track down after years of having an eBay save search. I managed to find this like rare jacks mint on card, like edgehead set that like only pops up once every like five years. And when it is, it's like hundreds of dollars. And I tracked one down and I added it to my collection and I took a picture of it in my really nice details under nice lights. And I went through all that and no, that doesn't get a mention, but fucking Kevin Ford goes on WWE shop now powered by fanatics and buys a $20 goddamn poster. And that gets it's airtime it's bullshit now i guess one more question i would have in regards to this 
Um, how often does Broski dress down and yell at Kevin in the Facebook group? Uh, not enough, if you ask me. Okay. <laughs> Do you think that Broski is possibly because you're like red flagged in his mind <laughs> that he purposely is keeping you out of weekly purchase on the podcast? Broski would never do that to me. Yeah, he's def he's not definitely not a petty man child. That's definitely not a page out of his playbook. No, no, I, I, I think at the end of the day, this is all on Smart Mark, who I do like, and Kevin Ford, who I'm on the fence with now. The Ring of Honor locker room leader, uh, Smart Mark Sterling, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all I got. I'm glad you reminded me. I was able to yes. get that off my chest. Yeah, listen, that's what I'm here for, to remind you of stuff. Thank you, I appreciate uh, it. And, and listen, thank you, everyone, for listening. This was episode 232 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying, be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.